Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. As you know, we are part of the proud Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel featuring eight podcasts out there, including our podcast, Blitzed Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, The Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, The Nick and Nolan Show, and The Mafia Mavens Podcast. We are an awesome wealth of podcasts out there for you to get all of your Buffalo Bills news, covering every single angle every single day. Please make sure to go out there and subscribe to our podcast because it's really the best way to surround yourself and equip yourself with all of the latest news from your favorite NFL team out there. Again, my name is John Boccasino here on Believe. We are bringing in Jamie D'Amico, who has been out of the country. Jamie, tell our listeners you didn't just disappear off the face of the earth after the Bills got off that hot start. No, I I didn't. I was actually on my honeymoon and it was two weeks very well spent. I can't believe I was able to be with one person for 14 days and she didn't kill me. That's a testament to how patient and wonderful my wife Allison is. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Jamie. Let us from all of Bill Eve Nation... Congratulations on your your honeymoon. We're glad you had a great time overseas, and uh, we're glad to welcome you back here, too, to the podcast. We want to thank Anthony Marino for dutifully filling in as uh, my co-host here on the podcast. We appreciated his insights. You come back. The Bills are now at the bye week, 4-1, and coming off a throttling of the Tennessee Titans. The offense did just enough to get the win. The defense was suffocating, as always. It seems like this is a common theme and a common thread for this Bills team in 2019. I was thrilled to see the the effort that was put forward after the clunker that the Bills had in, in against New England. That game in Tennessee, those teams were, to me, very evenly matched. And it being a, a one-score difference and a low-scoring game, I, I was really thrilled with what we were able to see with Josh Allen. And you know, beyond uh, him really stepping it up after the horrible game that he had two weeks ago. Um, it, it was nice to see the team really rally, come around and get a tough win on the road. Yeah, Jamie, um, Josh Allen has done some good things under center uh, last week. He obviously had a really rough week against the Patriots with those three interceptions and the lost fumble. But then you look at some of the plays against the Titans where you know he made one throw where he was he he could have old Josh Allen would have planted off his back foot to try to get the ball to John Brown instead he took the extra time he got himself set with his feet and then he fired a laser across his body to John Brown for a nice little first down strike one of many great throws 
I feel that Josh Allen had um, on the day against the Titans. You know, his completion percentages are up. Um, he still has more interceptions than Bills fans would like. But I think for the most part, Brian Dable is doing a much better job of putting Josh in position to succeed when it comes to directing the offense. You really don't have to look any further than his first half stats where Josh Allen had four incompletions, two were drops and two were throwaways. That is exactly what we need to see from Josh Allen. Throw that ball away when nothing is there. Don't try to make something out of nothing. Live to fight another down. Right now, Jamie, I want to kind of spin forward and uh, and talk about the positives because the Bills are four and one. They have one loss on the season to the reigning Super Bowl champions, a game where, you know, Buffalo had four chances in the fourth quarter to win that game or get the go-ahead touchdown against the Patriots. Not that we're bitter for losing to our big brother for another time here at home in New Era Field. It's a little disappointing, you know, with your when the big brother keeps putting it to you week in and week out. But I think the Patriots are showing their vulnerabilities, and the Bills are a team that are on the rise, I feel, right now. So as we sit here, 4-1, and one, the bye week discussion. Are the Bills a playoff team? I'm going to go with yes. In fact, they are. It, with with five games played and four wins, they are. Uh, let's put us put them at six games, six wins away from the playoffs. We all sort of agree that you need ten wins to get in there. At the rate that they're going and what their schedule is looking like going forward, they could conceivably go four and two over their next six games, which is going to have them more than within striking distance uh, of the playoffs. I see it happening for them. Before the year began, I did not think this was a playoff team. I did not realize that two things were going to happen, that the defense was going to be this tough, and I didn't realize that Josh Allen was going to be this coachable. And that's something that we'll touch on a little bit later. What do you think, John? Is this a playoff team? I think that... The way the schedule sets up, the Bills have the easiest strength of schedule. Now, that means nothing. None of these teams are going to say, oh, we're not supposed to beat the Buffalo Bills. We're going to roll over dead and let Buffalo earn the win. But Buffalo's remaining opponents have a 3-8 winning percentage. And the Bills have a chance to get out to a fantastic start during the first half of the year. They have the Dolphins coming up at home next Sunday, which should be a win. They have the Eagles coming to New Era Field, which should be a fantastic showdown on October 27th. And why can't Buffalo win that game with the way that their defense is playing? Then they get the Washington Redskins coming to New Era Field as well. I mark that down as a win. They're 6-2 and two on the year. They haven't even had a chance to go through the rest of the schedule where they're going to get another game with the Dolphins, which should be 7. They're going to get another game with the New York Jets at home with the playoffs potentially on the line. I think that's a win. That's 8. They get to play Pittsburgh without Big Ben in Pittsburgh. I think that's a win. 9. They get to host the Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. I think they win at least one of those games. And there's 10. That's not even factoring in the Dallas game or the New England showdown. So the way this defense is playing, Jamie, it's at an elite level. This is the best Bills defense statistically since the 2014 season when Kyle Orton was doing his best not to lose games on offense and Buffalo went 9-7 and seven under Doug Marone. This defense has been playing at an otherworldly level. I think they're better than the Patriots defensively. The Patriots get all the press because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. 
but but the Bills defense is right up there. My man Jordan Phillips have a monster game against the Tennessee Titans where he continued to show that he really is an up-and-comer on this defensive line and someone that is a, a perfect complement to what Buffalo has with Jerry Hughes on the outside. So to me, Jamie, I think the Bills are in a great position to make the playoffs for the second time in three years. You, you don't get to claim... Jordan Phillips because he had a good game. He's our Jordan Phillips, damn it. Especially with those cleats. I mean, come on. He's got the, you know, the the Bill Mafia members, you know, going through a folding table on his cleats down in Tennessee, which was an awesome fan shot out there. Jordan Phillips is somebody who I just I I, I love him. You know, he had three sacks against the Titans. You know, what he does, what he brings, the energy. He's always been someone who's motivated his teams and the fans to get pumped up for a game. But when you look down at what happened, when Harrison Phillips went down with his severe knee injury, that could have been a crippling moment for the Buffalo Bills defense. Instead, next man up, here comes Jordan Phillips, and the defense is just playing gangbusters. And, you know, to me, Jamie, the thing that really gets me with Buffalo's defense is, again, the pass rush has not been stellar up until last week, but the Bills found a way to make Tom Brady feel uncomfortable despite not getting a sack. This is a defensive unit that is top level. It, it is, but you bring up in a, a good concern, which is the pass rush. Yeah, they try to do it with mostly four-man rushes. We do need to see more. Now, Jerry Hughes has been a monster, as he always is, but the other three guys, four guys, five guys on the line, it really do have to start generating a little bit more. We need to see more third-down sacks than we've seen over the course of the season. Um, the... They, they've made quarterbacks uncomfortable, as you said, made them move around a little bit, but they really need to drag them down. They need to break into the backfield in under two seconds. That's what's going to be the difference between this team edging their way in the playoffs and going deep into it. We need to see this team start putting up five sacks every game minimum in order to for them to hit the the elite level that the defense seems to be playing at in every other facet. What's really scary, Jamie, is if the defense does pick up the sack game and get after the quarterback more, it's only going to help some mind-boggling numbers. The Bills are letting their opponents convert only 15% of their third and long situations, which is third and seven or longer, and they're third in the NFL and third down defense with opponents converting 30.5% of their third down attempts. Only the Patriots and the Cowboys have better percentage conversions uh, in the NFL this year. So those are two teams that are widely viewed at being at the top of the NFL. The Bills have done nothing to say that they don't deserve to be in the upper echelon of teams in the NFL, especially in an AFC where things are topsy-turvy. Again, the, the, the Steelers are not going anywhere without Big Ben. Gardner Minshew II has been a fantastic story for the Jaguars, but how long can they keep that up? And Jalen Ramsey putting on his pouting act of not wanting to play for Doug Marone. The Kansas City Chiefs just got whooped up on by a physical Indianapolis Colts team at home, mind you. The Tennessee Titans are going to be 8-8 eight and eight come the end of the season. The Cleveland Browns, who knows what to make out of them after getting shellacked in San Francisco on Monday Night Football. So I think the schedule sets up perfectly, and the Bills have all the pieces in place to make a nice run to the playoffs. Unfortunately, unless they win that Week 16 game in New England, I think we're talking about the wild card. But if the Bills have a a 10 or 11 win season as the wild card, how can you be disappointed by that? Right. They won't have the home field advantage, but that's, that's fine with me. So now, John, shifting gears, looking back at the first five games of the season, If you look at the offense, 
Did you learn anything about the team this year that you didn't quite expect going into it? Yeah, I'll tell you this, Jamie. I learned a lot about the Bills and their running game. Now, Frank Gore, the team got mocked mercilessly for signing the 35, 36-year-old to a two-year deal. But Frank Gore has proven to be worth his weight in gold for this team. Last week against the Titans is a perfect example. Buffalo is clinging to a 14-7 lead. They're on the road. What do teams do to salt off wins in the NFL? They run the ball, they get a couple of first downs, and they end the game. Frank Gore had five carries for 36 yards in that final drive to salt away the Tennessee Titans and help Buffalo get to 4-1. and one. And the Bills are doing it on the ground without Devin Singletary for the last couple of weeks. When the dynamic rookie comes back from his hamstring injury, whenever he comes back, I still ardently stand by my statement that he should not come back until he's fully 100%. This offense can more than, they can more than get by with TJ Yeldon and, and Frank Gore out there as the the two main backs. You know, the the, the thing with the, the ground game that's really impressive though, Jamie, is again, Buffalo loses. They get rid of LaShawn McCoy, who has been okay for Kansas City. I don't think the Bills are really missing him, you know, that badly. But Frank Gore is coming in, and now he's the fourth back in NFL history to go over 15,000 yards. He's just a gamer. Every single week, this guy is a competitor, and he's going to get you the hard yards when you need them to. So the fact that Buffalo's ground game has been as productive as it has been with a rotating turnstile at the offensive line, that's going to segue to one of our talking points down the road. But to me, Jamie, that's what I've learned the most so far is that the ground game is back for Buffalo. How about you? I have discovered that Josh Allen is, in fact, coachable. And that is something that we really needed him to be this year. We're seeing an evolution in him over his rookie season. And it seems that the things they're working on, such as getting rid of the ball, um, timing, his uh, anticipation of routes opening up, uh, those are all things that I ne- desperately needed to see from him to see, you know, it, to to see if he was going to make that next step forward. And it it appears that he's doing it. Now we know that he's regressed a couple of times, especially against the Patriots, when it seems like his head was swimming and he went back to his his old bad habits. However, you're seeing fewer of those really mind numbing throws, with the exception of that game. And I think that bodes well going forward. Now, can the coaches stay in his head? Can they can they get his ear and convince him to not do the things that are negative toward his game, like those back foot throws? We'll see as the as the season continues. However, that's the thing that to me was the most important aspect of the offense this year uh, was. Is Josh Allen going to listen to the coaches? Is he going to have the ability to do it? And I would say the answer is yes. So shifting over to the defense, what did you learn on that end? Well, with the defense, I think I've, I don't want to say I've, I've learned it because I think we've, we've known it all along, but this defense is just elite, you know, even minus the pass rush uh, at, at certain key spots, this defense is playing at an elite level. Um, they're really giving the Bills a chance to win every single game, especially with the number of three and out drives that have been forced by this team. Buffalo has forced their opponents into a three and out 37.5% of the time. That leads the league by far. Um, and when Buffalo and, and, and a lot of what's key with that is the Bills are forcing three and outs after having bad field position because of either a Josh Allen interception or a fumble or a big play on special teams, which has been a big disappointment in my opinion. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit. But 
with this defense, I've learned that Lorenzo Alexander can still ball. He's still an incredible Incredible talent out there on the defense, and that the Bills have one of the most underrated linebacking cores and the best safety core in the league in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. The the lesson I've learned was all the consternation and hand wringing I had over Trey Davius White. There's no real reason to be concerned. You know, last season and even in the preseason this year, we saw him getting beat deep, and that just doesn't seem to be an issue this year. Um, I'm looking at his pro football focus score and he's grading out at 60.3 which is not great that's that's average but he's doing the things he needs to do within this Leslie Frazier defense to keep to keep the receivers in front of him and uh to make plays on the ball to limit the runs after the catch I learned that all my concern about Trey Davis White was for not so well, and it helped it helps Jamie too to take some pressure off of Trey White when you consider how well Levi Wallace has played. He was a big question mark of whether he was a one year flash in the pan last year in a fluke or could he continue it for a second year? And Levi has been absolutely fantastic yet again. In fact, you could make the argument that Levi Wallace has been the best member of the of the quarterback core for the Buffalo Bills because Levi Wallace is having a better season than he did last year. Opponents are only completing 56% of their passes thrown his way versus Trey allowing 64% of the passes to be completed his way. Uh, Levi Wallace is giving up five yards less per completion than Trey White. Now, again, Trey White's going up against the number ones. So take those stats with a grain of salt. But Levi Wallace is proving that last year was not a fluke. And for Bills fans knowing that they have a number two solid lockdown corner on the outside opposite Trey White, that's got to make it feel all warm and fuzzy. One of the things that I'm, I'm liking is the evolution of Levi Wallace and the coaching staff's obvious view of him because you're seeing less and less of Trey White following the number one receiver each game and they're committing specifically to sides of the field because they're gaining that much uh, confidence in Levi Wallace's ability. That was a, a tremendous uh, undrafted free agent signing. And that's those are the kind of players that I, I really love when Brandon Bean uncovers. We're here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. We're at the bye week. We're talking about what is exciting us and what is concerning us about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Down the stretch, we still obviously have uh, a lot of football to play. The Bills are currently tied for second place in the AFC. It's great that Buffalo has been able to beat all the teams on their schedule that they're supposed to beat. But we wouldn't be Bills fans if we weren't looking at the other side of the coin and saying, oh boy, what's concerning about this team? So Jamie, as we sit here, what is your number one concern about the Buffalo Bills moving forward? Moving the ball, specifically the offensive line. I am concerned about the not only the injuries that are there, but also the play of Quentin Spain and Cody Ford. Uh, they're having a hard time with the pass blocking. And while Josh Allen has at times had an amazing amount of time to stand in the pocket, all too often, you're seeing the pass rush break through. I am concerned about that because in order for Josh Allen to continue to improve, he's going to need the time to sit there and process the field. I am just a little concerned that those guys are becoming a liability, especially against the better defenses in the league this year. Yeah, you actually, um, great minds think alike on that. My my biggest concern is the offensive line as well, especially knowing that Mitch Morse had his injury that was suffered against the Tennessee Titans, an ankle injury, I believe. And if Mitch Morse 
misses time. You just saw that whole Buffalo Bills offense get downgraded because against the Titans, there were so many times when the ball was snapped high, you know, to Josh Allen. Once Mitch Morse was off the field, the Bills need Mitch Morse healthy. And, uh, you know, Cody Ford has a bright, bright future, but I really feel like the experience of him at right tackle is over with. He's not ready to play right tackle right now. He's been bullied around. He's been pushed around. He is not someone that puts the Bills in the best position to win. When everyone's healthy, Ty and Shecky should be the right tackle. And you have John Feliciano at right guard, Mitch Morris at center, Quentin Spain left guard, and Deion Dawkins left tackle. If the Bills get that lineup out there consistently down the stretch, I think this team is going to be a playoff team and has a chance to win a playoff game in January. If the line continues to get beat up, I'm really concerned because Ryan Bates is a nice success story for Buffalo uh, stealing him from the Eagles, but I don't want Ryan Bates appearing in 70% of the snaps for the offense. The offensive line needs to get healthy, and hopefully the week will provide that. So, Jamie, we've uh, we've covered the offensive concerns here so far uh, with the Buffalo Bills. What about the defense? What's your number one concern moving forward? Number one concern is the pass rush with a, a 1A being depth at linebacker. Uh, we've seen Matt Milano go down. I don't feel great about the backups in that second wave of the defense. Um, there's there's just not the playmaking ability that you have with when you're starters. And that that's true of any position, but they definitely don't seem to have the next man up type of depth. And uh, back to the uh, defensive line and the pass rush, they really need to start figuring out ways of getting after the quarterback because that more than anything is going to be what gets the defense off the field and puts pressure on the opposing defense because of the good field position they'll be setting up. Well, for me, Jamie, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit when it comes to my concern for the defense and go with the special teams, because I feel like that's an area that Buffalo really should be concerned by. And it goes back to the blocked punt against Corey Bohorquez and the Patriots in week four. The Bills had shown that tendency on tape and Bill Belichick being the evil genius that he is noticed it against the Giants, the Jets and the Bengals. He took advantage of it. Entering week five, Corey Bohorquez was the worst punter in the National Football League in both average and net average. Now, maybe he turned a corner because his Titans game, he was fantastic. He averaged 50 yards gross and 43 net. Uh, four of his six punts gave the Titans drive starts inside the 20. He had one coffin corner punt. But to me, special teams and Corey Bohorquez, if the offense stalls out, Bohorquez needs to be the punter who can pin the opposition back deep with good booming punts and the special teams unit in general needs to step it up. Andre Roberts has been a success. I've been in the return game. He's broken up on nice runs, but there was a play where the Buffalo bills had a block in the back on a kick that went into the end zone for a touchback. Those penalties are inexcusable, especially on a kick like that, where it goes into the end zone. The bills need to get more discipline, cut down the penalties on special teams and, and start limiting the return game of their opponents, too, because if they can tighten up the special teams part of things, this team can be scary good. Can't help but miss Bobby April, huh? You take him for granted when he was here, but those Buffalo Bills special teams units were were fantastic and top notch, uh, you know, for a lot of a lot of his career. I think the pieces are there, Jamie. I think Bohorquez showed that he can turn the corner if he can build on the Titans game. I think Andre Roberts is an ace in the hole as your return guy to have out there returning kicks. So I think Buffalo has the potential, but those penalties are gonna have to be cut out because the Bills cannot afford to give their opposition any sort of advantage when it comes to uh, penalty yardage. 
I was going to say the illegal blocks are a, a common occurrence on, on in the kicking game, but as you pointed out, they're coming at very inopportune times, and they they need to cut back on it for for sure. It's it's also concerned the kick coverage that they've got. I, I I'm biting my fingernails every time a, a punt or a kickoff is returned because we've just seen them burned a few too many times over the past few years, and I. I even though they have changed their their special teams coordinator, it feels like more of the same, and I really don't have a lot of confidence in that unit. So when it comes to concerns, I, I think you're right on the money there. Well, one thing I'll say, Jamie, though, about this podcast and the recap so far is that even though we've had some concerns out there, the positives outweigh the negatives. And again, the Bills, I want to point out one stat we didn't mention previously. The Bills are 3-0 on the road for the first time since 1993 when they made one of their Super Bowl runs of four in a row. Last year, the Bills had two wins on the road total. So Buffalo is showing some mental toughness. They're, again, showing a way to get victories where in the past they might have found a way to lose those games. And for Buffalo being 4-1 and one at the bye, this is exactly where Bills fans thought they were going to be in the ideal world. Jamie, it's great to have you back here on the podcast. We, of course, will get ready for next week's game against the Miami Dolphins. The Bills return home for the first of three straight at New Era Field, a critical stretch. If Buffalo can sweep these three, oh boy, what a what a what a turn that'll do for the season to get to seven and one heading into the Cleveland Browns game on the road November 10th. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. We will first get you ready for the Dolphins game in week seven at New Era Field. For my esteemed colleague Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino. We encourage you to follow us on social media. Uh, Buff Rumblings, B-U-F-F Rumblings is the main account for Buffalo Rumblings. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and that's J-A-M-I-E D'Amico. And I am John Boccasino, B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. Signing off for Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.